Denver's the best team. Like Denver's just the best team. Like they're the best team. They're the they're they're the best team in so many ways. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. This is the world's finest. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Reviews are always helpful and encouraged. Or if you're on the live show, joining us on YouTube, you can follow the show at youtube.com slash Locked on Nuggets and catch us on the live show every Sunday night. We're a little late because we wanted to watch the end of Kings Lakers. And of course, they, they went to overtime. Uh, we are glad to have you with us. And we appreciate you being an everyday or checking us out daily. Glad to have you be part of the community. On today's show, we'll talk about the Denver Nuggets because they're a basketball team that's worth talking about because they're awesome and incredible. Uh, and there's a lot to get to. The bench playing well. Reggie Jackson playing well. The starters annihilating everything in front of them the complete cohesion of this team and their level of excellence that stands above the rest of the NBA. This is going to be a, um, this is going to Adam before the show was like, you're going to have to balance me out because I'm so high on this team. And I'm like, I can't, like, I I can't do that in any sort of honesty. Uh, So this is going to be a feel good episode today. Yeah. Because Adam, I, I have nothing to critique, nothing to complain about, nothing to question 128 95 over a Thunder team that I think is very good and had they had, had a, obliterated their previous opponents and Denver made them look like children. I mean, it was incredible. If, so if you were to ask me what's the number one story from this game, I would say the bench. But I think that deserves its own segment. And I know we're going to do that in, in two. Would you agree, though? I just wonder right off the top if you feel the bench was the biggest story tonight. Because the starters were good too. Jokic was good too. Like there was stuff there. I mean, it's it's funny just because we 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 establish these things so often. With um, I said this on after on the Saturday show after the the win over the Grizzlies Friday that like twenty two twelve and seven we would have been like oh my gosh what a game from Jokic five years ago and on that and instead that night I was like yeah he wasn't great in that game he wasn't um, yeah, and, he was and, bad. but but like in this one. It's very. I think it's easy to be like, well, look, the Thunder are all very skinny young kids, and Chet Holmgren had no shot against him, etc. But like, Nikola also, in a way that, do you remember the days when we used to be like, when are we going to get Nikola aggressive? Like, when is going to become the time when Jokic is going to decide to actually like assert his will over the game? And the fact that now he doesn't do it like in a way that's like, oh wow, Jokic is really looking for his shot and put and like, it's just. He's present every possession. He's yeah. dominant every possession. And he completely controlled this game. I don't disagree that the story of the game is probably the bench, given the production that they got right. from Peyton Watson in particular. It's Christian Brown as well in that one. Um, I think it's that one that to me is also like a multi-game trend because I talked yep. about Reggie on Friday's show. Yep. But it's this is kind of the thing is that like they're getting contributions from some member of the bench yeah. every night. And that's a very that's very different than how than how it was last yeah. year, the year before. 
I, I so I'm with you. The bench is story, but we'll get to it in segment two. When we go to Jokic, I love the way you articulated that. That even last year and even in the MVP years, Jokic has picked his spots as a scorer or just an aggressive attacker more sparingly than he has so far this preseason and then again this year. And doing it in preseason felt deliberate. I mean, we talked about it. Yoke shooting a lot. He took 20 shots uh, in a game in the preseason. He was he was taking a lot of shots, and we're like, huh, this is interesting. You go into a game like tonight when very clearly the mismatch was him versus Chet. There were other mismatches to be found, but very clearly Chet, who I think who I actually really like, by the way. I thought he did everything. He I, I like his game. I think there's a player there. But physically, he's just not – capable of matching up with Jokic. Jokic knew it. And Jokic went at him as if he hated him. (laughs) Like Jokic went at him like he was trying to embarrass him. And I don't think he was. I actually don't think it was that at all. I just think Jokic was like, all right, I'm aggressive tonight because this guy can't guard me. And it looked like, I mean, tonight looked like prime Shaq, the way he was using his, his strength as his advantage. Yeah, I do kind of think that there may have been a little bit of that evolution of Joker from the young player in the league to now he's established. And like this was very much a, hey, kid, you're going to have a really great career. I hope that I wish the best for you. You seem like you're really talented. Here's what you're going to have to learn to stop. Right, right. Like this is what you're going to have to be dealing with four times a year for the next five years. You know what I wonder? Do you... Who does Yoke talk about his rookie season? Do you remember? There's one player he's talked about. I couldn't do anything against him. He didn't. He says he. I didn't see him, or he didn't see me. He like didn't. It. Tim Duncan. Yeah. He went up against Tim Duncan his rookie year and said, like, and, and talks about it the way you would imagine, where he's like, it was crazy. Like I wasn't even there. Just the way yeah. he was going at me. And I wonder if Yoke over time is just cognizant of the fact that he is now the Tim Duncan, literally the Tim Duncan of this era. And that's sort of, and what do you hear about Tim Duncan, the quiet killer, but he would say little things to you. Like he, I've heard the Tim Duncan trash talk of, he'd be like, Hey, you got to get closer. You got to pressure up more on the, like he would give actual real advice while also destroying you. And I do wonder to your point, if there is a little of that in yoke where he's like, all right, I got to show this kid how far he has to go because he needs to know. KG's is the best on him where KG would talk about Duncan being like, Ooh, almost got me there. Good job, buddy. And like slaps him. Like he, he slapped cousins on the butt and cousins is just, was just like the most insulting thing ever. I have never felt worse than in that moment. Um, you know, look, uh, it, I, you wanted me to kind of balance you. I will say this thunder, their percentage from three was absolutely horrendous. And they did have a lot of wide open looks that when I watched, I was like, okay, like, some of these are are decent looks that didn't fall, and then you're in long, tr- and then you're in transition versus a team that's whipping your head around. Um, they went by thirty, like, what 30, 35? What did they win by here? Thirty three. Yeah, like I mean, I mean no Matt three is going to make up for that, right? Um, and and also Matt, I thought Memphis, I I thought Denver did not control the Memphis game. They controlled every aspect of the Lakers game. The they Nuggets did. did. They, they did. didn't control the Memphis game. Like, that was one where Memphis had stolen, had wrangled some control. So did Oklahoma City miss some shots? Okay. Sure. But Denver, I thought, dictated both ends of the floor they tonight. Did. And that's why it, it was such an impressive game. From the jump, and, like, really, uh, it is really glaring to hear other announcers. And okay, he's got a really balanced and good announced team now. And, like, they were like, you see 
the excellence from Joker in these nuggets and how good and how physical they are. Yeah. And it, I will say there was a stretch that I kind of pointed out um, that was it, it, it was second quarter. Um, it was and late second quarter before they blew it open when it got down to it was it was within range. There was a bunch of sequences that, where they hit him with two man game, Jokic Jamal floater, then came down. And they overplayed Joker and the underneath was open and AG got that really nice bounce pass dunk. Um, there was another sequence where they were able to get rotation on the perimeter because again, Joker's up high. Like it, there is a, a level to which Nicola is ungodly at this point, but also like the Nuggets are doing things now and playing around him in that like they're playing Jokic ball even when Joker isn't the primary trigger or the final trigger on these sequences. He's no. still implicit and inherent to them opening up the spacing. But the starters right now have such cohesion chemistry and trust that they're just like I mean it's just over and over and over again and it's it's not always a matter this is important because it's not always a matter of ball movement and cuts and catching the defense unprepared. It's also, oh, this guy's not physical enough to handle AG, yeah. so he's going to drive, and then he's going to kick, and now the defense is broken down. Like, their combination of athleticism with this precision that they've, they've played with, it's quite honestly awe-inspiring. The size. I mean, this is the Calvin Booth vision is, hey, we just need a bunch of big players out there, and that's what they look like tonight. I mean, Aaron Gordon and Jokic, we're not we're, – we're used to them bullying, bullying guys. And Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams, who I like a lot, that's a really tiny front court. So tonight, inevitably, you were going to see a little bit of that bullying. But it was the nine guys that were in the rotation tonight all looked bigger than the guys they were going up against, including Shea Gilgis-Alexander, by the way, who his, himself is really long. Shea always looks enormous out on the court. He didn't look enormous tonight. Denver had nine guys that were just as big as him, if not bigger. So to me, that was the Jokic piece of this is huge. The length and accumulative length piece of this is huge. But I also have to give a shout out to Michael Porter because he was the piece who I felt it's not that he's been bad in the first two games. It's just that he hadn't quite seen, gotten comfortable. The first two games felt like preseason for him. He had to get yeah. the rust off. He had to get used to it. Tonight, four of seven, not a crazy shooting night, a good one, a really good one. And he goes for 20 points, nine rebounds, continues to rebound. He had, he had two assists. By the way, back-to-back -back games with multiple assists. I know this is a low bar to clear, but MPJ only had like 10 games last year with two or more assists. So the fact that two out of three, he's already got that is not nothing. Um, but, but it's the shot making that just pushes Denver over the edge. When he's making his shots, Denver opens up huge leads. When he's making the shots and the bench win their minutes, Denver wins by 30. I loved him going to the mid-range Jay today too. Yep. He had a, a rebound pull out to a, a short range baseline that I loved. Just like going to that shot more to get himself a little bit of rhythm because I do kind of wonder if some of the, of the reason that he has that he stagnated shooting wise in the playoffs was because everything was so tense and so exhausting and so taxing because it's the playoffs and it's so intense that his game was really kind of like very much narrowed down to catch and shoot threes because wasted possessions are so crucial in the playoffs. Like 
in the regular season format, especially like this one, it's great for him to open up his game and take those mid-range shots because he's such yeah. a good shooter and he was so much bigger and he's got the size advantage over these guys. Um, and he felt really those shots today. I also felt he was really in control. He wasn't fading unnecessarily. He wasn't like trying to create more difficult shots unnecessarily i felt like they were all shots where he again much like the rest of the nuggets like he dictated those terms of engagement right. uh and it was really dominant and again he had the rebounds um and, and, man, Mike, like, and michael malone played him and this is the yeah. important thing is he got going and malone rolled him back out there to start the second quarter yeah. which i thought was big i mean look i think mike i don't want to say he's struggling with confidence but when you miss the preseason inevitably a confidence booster is a help. And I thought Malone putting him back out there to start the second and calling his number, giving the, putting the ball in his hands. It, it was a nice confidence. Like it was a nod of confidence of, Hey man, you got it going. Let's see what you got out there. And I just, I, I absolutely loved it. Four stocks for Aaron Gordon and a plus 22, two steals for Contavious Caldwell Pope between yeah. the two of them this season in three games. Uh, they have 24. <laughs> steals plus blocks. That's, a, that's pretty impressive. Um, by the way, Aaron Gordon plays just 23 minutes tonight. What I love about AG is only nine points, only seven shots. The guy has fully evolved into, you know, like he dominated this game without shooting or yeah. being a, a major yep. part of the offense tonight. Absolutely. A lot of the defense was him. Um, all right. On the, we will talk about, Peyton Watson and his best game, I think, as a nugget as Pewat breaks out. Not we'll just him. Christian, we'll talk about Christian Brown. We'll talk about Zeke Naji. Uh, we'll talk about the bench in general and what it's brought to the table this season and what that means for the for the Nuggets. We'll talk about that about that up next. Right now, I want to tell you about prize picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. It's the most fun that you can have winning up to 25 times your money on whatever sport that you're playing, football, baseball basketball, college football, all these sports and more at prize picks. It's great because you're not playing against other people who've got models and tons of lineups and entries. It's just you versus the numbers. And you just pick more or less on the, the stats and you can win up to 25 times your money. They offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks is daily fantasy made easy Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Megan is part of your day. Matt Moore and Adam Mara is with you on a Monday. Glad to have you guys with us. Uh, we will be at, uh, I'll be at Ball Arena tomorrow night. You can catch the DMVR post game show. And then um, TBD on whether or not I'll do a post game show tomorrow night with Swiper or not. We'll see how that works out or if we go on Tuesday morning. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the bench, man. Bam, Peyton. Oh boy, Peyton Watson today. Uh, that, you know, like, look. The, the two blocks on Shea Gildas Alexander are ridiculous and it takes incredible athleticism and timing. Um, the, the dunk that he had, the baseline cut off of Jokic, the extension that on that was really ridiculous. 
he's getting more comfortable. He's getting more confident. And that's just absolutely massive. When Peyton Watson is plus 11 in 21 minutes, when Christian Brown is plus 25 in 21 minutes, like, I mean, again, you're going to have 30 point wins when the bench is a, a positive, much less double digit positive. And this was just a, a really great performance coming off of a really great Reggie Jackson game. Now you have this great Peyton Watson game. The bench has really given contributions early in the season. Yeah, I mean, the bench looks phenomenal. I mean, they have an identity. They defend incredibly well. Peyton Watson and Christian Brown together. Then throw in Zeke Naji. Just throw him out there as well as a defender. And it's it's a lot of defenders. And it's a lot of guys who know they have to play hard. That's the thing is that lineup always has, well, I shouldn't say always, so far through three games has three guys that always know they have to go hard every second they're out there and so far have done that. We'll see how long they can keep it up. If it's all year, Denver's going to race to a number one overall seed. Um, but Christian Brown tonight, I, I mean, I've, I always say this, Matt, because I don't want to be the guy that always sees things through rose-colored glasses. It doesn't mean I'm always right, but I don't want to be the guy that's always predicting the guy is going to make it. With Peyton, I really hadn't seen it last year. I mean, I saw it at the end of the year. I saw the spectacular plays, but he looked like a young player who didn't know what he was doing. And so it's like, that's a long way. There's a long gap between that and a serviceable NBA player. And then Summer League, you know, I thought I was a little underwhelmed from what I expected. So I had been very skeptical coming into the season. And even in the preseason, still sitting here thinking like, I don't know. I don't know. Three, three games so far. And I just feel he's picked up his intensity level and everything else has fallen into place. Today in particular, you fully saw it. That was a great defensive performance by him against a very good you know, some very good players. And then the offense just came to him. He wasn't looking for it. It just fell into his lap and he made plays when it mattered. So this was a game where I watched Peyton Watson and I said, this is the first time I saw star upside, not just like, oh, he might be in a rotation one day upside. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it's hard to argue. I think it, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like the first time that they run into a team that's, uh, I don't know, better equipped. I don't know if any team is equipped to stop how Denver plays at this point, but is better equipped. Um, sure. But I will say just like, look, a lot of this too is when you have, I've always said that you could be a positional defender or you can be a playmaker. And like Peyton Watson is making so many defensive plays. And these are big plays that turn not only the game flow, but there's also an emotional effect too. Like Shay was frustrated after the yeah. block. Shay's just like, God, I can't get anything. Like this guy, and I got this guy on me now too, um, with that kind of wingspan athleticism. And also, I'll say this: a lot of there are a lot of guys that pick up blocks because they are stationary bigs that will rotate over and chase blocks, and they leave the weak side open. And for Peyton to be the type of player that's a perimeter defender that can just track you down and then contest on his primary assignment, not overplaying help. That's huge. Yeah. Like that's just really big because it means that it's one more guy that you can't really target. And there's honestly with how I think Reggie's played really well. There's not a lot of, there's nobody in that second unit you can target. Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. Honestly in the NBA, because that's usually where the worst offensive guys are. And for the nuggets, because they have so many offensive guys, the second unit, they, they, you know, and on purpose, Calvin Booth talked about this. It's built with defense, right? 
but when you have all of these guys and it's like, well, you can't really go at Zeke Naji and you nope, you can't go at Peyton Watson. You definitely don't want to go at Christian Brown and Reggie Jackson's is containing and doing his job. And then it's like, so who are we attacking here? Cause they're going to switch everything. So you can't even get them in leverage situations. Yeah. Um, and against a lot of benches, that's going to be the case. If they keep this up, like I, you're going to have this continuing feeling where you and I are struggling to come up with anything negative to say, because they're just that dominant. Sometimes that's just the truth. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Oklahoma city is a team that is built to attack these switches. Yeah. They have a lot of guys that can handle the ball and drive and dribble, dribble, drive and, and dish. But Denver has a lot of guys that can contain, especially with that second unit. I mean, Zeke does a good job in containment. Peyton Watson and Christian Brown do a great job in containment. And to your point, Reggie Jackson has been very good defensively with this group. So you combine all those things. And I just think Denver, there's no easy minute against Denver. You know what I mean? Like the Jokic minutes are obviously tough every time he's on the court. And then you've got Aaron Gordon and all the starters. But then you go to a bench who's going to work hard and they all can guard one-on-one. So it's just exhausting. I think it wears teams down and Denver strikes and gets these opportunities and they look good. But the cumulative length now of Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson, and Christian Brown to me is such a noticeable difference from years past. Not that Denver hasn't had great players, but there's nobody on this team that is undersized. In fact, who's the smallest player on the rota- in the rotation? I think it's Reggie Jackson at 6'4 with a 6'11 or 7-foot wingspan. Like Denver is enormous. I, I think they're probably taller than every other team, position by position in I the NBA. Sometime. Yeah, I, that, that tracks to me. I can't think of anybody who's bigger. I mean, it's funny. I was texting with a mutual friend of ours about during that Lakers-Kings game, and he was like, well, of course the Lakers are getting more fouls. They're the bigger, more physical team. And I kind of just like chuckled at it. And he was just comparing them to the Kings. But also I was just like, you're not bigger physical. What are you talking about? Like You're playing D'Angelo Russell and Gabe Vincent. Right, right, right. Like the Nuggets, everybody's six, five or taller and half the dudes are six, eight or taller. Like yeah. it's insane. And I'll say this too, though. It's not just like, you can have a lot of, cause I, I actually think, okay, see, it's kind of like this where there's a bunch of tall dudes, but they're thin. And like the, yeah. the Nuggets are all like, I mean, it's just these, <laughs> these huge dudes that are all really skilled too. And that combination it's, it's just a challenge for these teams because you can't counter program them. You can't play small because you'll get bullied. You can't play big because you'll get outsmarted. Like, right. And and that's the thing. Would you say this is the biggest team the Nuggets have had in the Yokochera? I mean, yeah, I, think, by far. I think so yeah, by far, by far, they've always had a Faku or a bones or like they've always a Monte. They've always had a small guy. Now they don't have any. Would you say it's, the most bought-in team, meaning top to bottom, the guys that are playing are guys that seem to get it, what they're out there for. Yes, 100%. I think no question. I think meaningfully so. Like We forget that last year there was a Bones Highland on the team. There was a younger version of Michael Porter. There were these guys. Years before, there was you know a Bull Bull or what have you. This is just the most bought-in. It's the biggest team. And then when you say high IQ, I think that's the other part of this is you've got guys like Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson, who need some seasoning. You know, like they need some more experience, but they're still above what most young players are in terms of they're not doing a lot of like there's how many times today did you see a player do something where you're like, man, that was dumb. It, it didn't. It just doesn't happen. Nope. And, and so I think Denver is starting from a point of this like elevated floor. And then their ceiling is through the roof because of Jokic and Murray and the great players on the team. I, I was kind of noting that when I was talking about um, 
because I pointed out to my wife, I was like, man, like, look at this sequence. Like, the, the Jokic isn't even involved here, and they're still doing all this stuff. And oh. she's like, they won the title. I, it, she's, she, her point is, and a lot of times in the NBA, it's hard to get buy in because guys are like, well, yeah, no, we, we, we might be able to win like this. Right. That's a great but maybe point. not. And Denver has proof of concept. Like, Denver's yeah. able to be like, no, no, no. You can win a title this way. You can get paid. You can have the success. You can be a champion if you buy in and we've proven it. And like that makes, I think the job that much easier. And it, it really does feel like that on top of what I've talked about with everybody having the money taken care of. Like there's just, yeah, this, that's team big plays, too, yeah. a, this team plays agenda free basketball, which I got to tell you, Adam Mares, it is refreshing as somebody that covers this league for 15 years to see a team that plays as genuinely agenda free as this team does. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that right now there's a really good vibe going on. I mean, even Julian Strother gets in because there was 10 minutes of garbage time. He gets in tonight and he looked good. You know what I mean? Like he came in and had seven. He outscored Shea Gilgis Alexander tonight, yeah, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but he came in and it just kind of looks like, hey, they've got a pipeline. They've got guys right now that are all kind of playing uh, the right way. And Peyton Watson, I think, is the biggest story because I know we'll get to this on the other side, but I wanted to see what Peyton Watson to me was the one guy that I looked at and I was like, yeah, but I don't know if he gets it tonight. He played like he got he got it. And the um, the irony is that by him playing the right way, he also got a career high like he wasn't hunting for a career high today. It happened because he played the right way. And, And that's that's the part to me that's so encouraging. On the other side, we'll talk about how good are the Nuggets exactly. Mm. I'll point out mm. one of the most telling stats for me as far as that goes. Can't wait. Uh, and we'll look a little bit ahead to the Utah game as well. We'll do that when we return on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, now I need to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. I lost a considerable amount of money betting against the Denver Broncos on Sunday. This oh, is no. why I'm taking my medicine. I, oh, uh, no. I, I, I definitely had confidence and definitely did not work out. And I'm here. Congratulations on the end of the streak. And if you want, what are you talking about? This is the beginning of the streak, Matt. Beginning of the new streak. Congrats <laughs> on that. Um, if you, and if you want to start rolling that over and putting, on the let it ride. Let let it ride. ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Uh, if the Broncos are going to make the playoffs, you can get those bets all in and more at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. John Steichen asks, is that a cheap shirt? No, it is not. It is a shirt that says, if not now, then. So, that's uh... it's a good one. It's a good one. Thank you. Um, Ironically, for my anniversary, my wife got me a Chiefs Victory Monday shirt, and the very first Monday afterwards, I don't get that <laughs> So that's funny. There's that. Uh, let's talk about how good the good the Nuggets are. Um, 
Adam, this is my favorite stat because I, I I went back and I actually did the math. I did went back and tracked this. Okay. All right. The Nuggets have played 144 minutes so far through their three games. Okay. They have been okay. tied or behind for nine. Wow. Nine out of 148 minutes. Somebody was yeah. like, why does this matter on Twitter? And I was like, a lot of NBA games, you can win handily, but it's like, oh, the first half was back and forth. Or, right. oh, you went down by 15. Or, oh, like it was, you know, you had a lead and then they came. Like, how many times did that happen last year where it's like the Nuggets are up and then they come back and then it's like close at halftime. Right. The Nuggets have been ahead for 139 out of 148 minutes. Like, it is ridiculous. I'm sorry, 136 out of 144 minutes. Like, I, I the reason I wanted it is because I was wondering about time of possession, essentially, from football, right? Like, how much did you control right. the clock? And it's kind of the same thing in basketball, where it's just like teams have been trailing pretty consistently. Um, they are... Look, it's early in the season, so it's just like you want to. If they oh. hadn't won the title, this is different. That's right? a good point. Yep. But as it stands, they are number two in offense with a one twenty one offensive rating. Who's ahead of them, by the way? Clippers. Uh, the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> one. That's a, honestly, they're they're a good offense. They're good. And offense. they scored one hundred and fifty the first game. Yeah, 128.2. 128 offensive rating through two games for them. That's uh, the Nuggets are also seventh through th- three games at a 103.4 defensive rating. Um, and, like, look, I, I bet the under based off of a lot of factors where I was like, oh, I'm really worried about the – and I talked about this on Saturday's show where I was like, you know, the downgrade from when Jamal goes out and Bruce came in to Jamal goes out and Reggie Jackson comes in that should be a significant downgrade in those minutes to end the first quarter. And it hasn't been, they've taken advantage of when the other team starts adding in subs because the nuggets are just rolling through teams in those minutes as well. Um, And, you know, I was like, well, look, the bench and some of this is built on the games when they have, when guys have to miss time. And I'm still kind of curious about that, right? Like, okay, what does it look like if Peyton Watson has to play with the starters and beat a good team, but it's one game. It's contextual. I mean, the, the reality is, like, to me, I, I've watched Boston. I've watched Milwaukee, who lost tonight. Um, I've seen all these teams. Got killed it's tonight. Just like, Denver is better so far in terms of the results. It's that when I watch all of these teams, I'm just like, man, I don't know that. Like, if, if the playoffs started tomorrow, which they don't, that'd be weird. But none of those teams could touch Denver with how they're playing right now. They really do just look like, I mean, two out of the three games, they've looked like they're on a different stratosphere. And then the one game where they looked bad, they won on the road against a good team. So it, and it just, led then led the the yeah uh, the they lost the game. Yeah, they kind of lost their mojo and let it slip up, and then closed very clutch. So yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, they just look. I mean, to me, we did this over at DNVR where we put every team in a tier. I could not put another team in Denver's tier. I don't think there is a team that it is in, in their tier. They are comfortably ahead of the competition, and some of that is like let's slow our roll. A lot of teams added new pieces. It's expected that it would take time to gel. Denver is coming off a championship and running it back. It's expected that they could have a, that they're starting from a a, a higher place. But that being said, it's the way that it is happening. I mean, I thought coming into this year, Michael Porter might want a little bit more. Turns out he wanted more rebounding. I thought Jamal Murray might want a little bit more. He's averaging the exact same number of points so far, Matt. The only difference, and I'm kind of curious, I wanted to ask you what you would think of this. Is Jamal Murray 
as he's playing right now and as the team is performing right now on his way to an all-star appearance. Because his numbers are not more impressive than they have been for the last several years. He's averaging 21 points a game. He's only averaging two rebounds. That'll probably normalize. But even the assists, he's at 6.3 assists per game, which is what he was at last year. Now, the shooting splits, 55, 50, 100. So he's shooting really, really well. But those aren't typical all-star numbers, even though I think he's playing great. I'll tell you, I think there is a difference in the conversation about him and not just from opposing announcers. You see it in quotes Mm -hmm. from coaches. You see it in little moments like Jamal's also, in my opinion, playing with the most control over the game that he's ever shown where this is hard to parse because of Nicola. It just is. It's just hard to parse. But like the words, man, he's just so effortless. Yeah. Have been used by all. I heard that when I went back and listened, all three announced crews use that with Murray. Yeah. And like that's, that is, it's a, this is a very big thing. One of Jamal's best gifts is his ability to create and make tough shots is that if there is a difficult defender on him and he's got to create space, he can create that space. And even if it's not a high percentage look because of the level of contest and how much he's making off balance or whatever, he can still hit it. But like, that's not how he's playing now. Now he's just like, I'm going to go down here and I'm going to do this and you're going to do this. And then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to have this shot or I'm going to play this with Jokic and you're going to be exactly this far off me. And I know exactly when to pull up coming off of that as I drift left in order to get the shots that I want. Like, Everything is precise, designed, and in control. And that translates to the efficiency. And like, um, so KCP has 20 on opening night, right? Yeah. Um, In this one, KCP goes for... Wasn't much. He had seven. Seven, right? Two of five. Seven, two of five. You know, MPJ doesn't have a monster game. MPJ? Oh, yeah, yeah. In in the first game, right? Right. He has he has twenty in this one. Yep. Everybody and everybody so, kind of gets a chance. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like there will be a and I and Jamal knows that like there's gonna be a night and it might be tomorrow versus Utah on a back to back where like that might be the night where Jamal goes for thirty five. So I would describe it like this: Jokic will average twenty five points a game, and people will use that against him of like I mean, but the top scorers in this league they're scoring thirty, and the people that watch him are like. Yoke doesn't score 30 because he's doing other, he doesn't need to. If he needs to, he'll score 30. Like we watch it. Murray to me seems like that. He scores the exact number of points that the team needs him. And tonight, my favorite sequence, every game he's had the sequence where it's like Murray is needed. And then, then there Murray is stepping up. It was in the clutch this last in, in Memphis. But in this game, it was the fourth quarter with Denver up 20 when he went to his fall away like three times in a row because he just knew. Okay, here's how they're guarding me. Guess what's wide open? My post-game fall away. And he just swished three of them in a row like it was effortless. The way Yoke swishes three little jump hooks in a row or whatever it is. And to me, that's the story. And it's honestly the best story. I think he will wind up an all-star even with these numbers, in part because the efficiency is crazy, 55-50-100. For two, if Denver's this good, if they play like this, they're going to be a one seed. And I just don't think people can look at them and say, okay, they won the championship. They're back to being a one seed. They look better than ever. That's a one-star team. They, they, they will have to concede it. 
it's the difference year over year where last year it was like, oh, Den- you know, hey, Denver is the one seed. They can make some noise. And everyone on the yeah. panel kind of chuckles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now Against it's like, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now it's, now it's like, look, Jamal's got to be an all-star. This team is, you know, this team is whatever at the all-star break or first week of January. Like they're the best team in the league. We can't have, we, we it, it can't be Joker and nobody else. Like somebody else has to get credit on this team. I think it's going to be tougher for AG because AG is even more like AG's impact is even louder to me than Jamal's this season. And, but his numbers are, are going to be even worse because he's just like, he's so content to just play this way, do the things and have these games. Like, look, I'll just say this as a fan, like you dream of these moments. Not only is your team the best, it's not like, oh, your team is the best, but like, you know, there's a lot of really good teams. Like right now it's like, no, there's a lot of really good teams, but none of them can play like Denver. Yeah. You know, yeah, and again, we're three they games can't in. do it. They can't, they can't do it. Yeah. Denver and look, does. we're I mean, three games in and I've, I've come to use the term plot twist. That's been the, the thing I've always kind of come to, which I'm like, there's going to be plot twists this season. It's going to be a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But soak it in now, man, because I've been watching basketball a long ass time. And this is one of the most dominant squads I have seen going back to last April when the 16 and four run started, when they clicked it into gear. And it really kind of started with game one of the Wolves series. Like this stretch of games is, it's honestly awe-inspiring. This team is amazing right now. Yeah. And it, it, the team they remind me of, and I'm so happy to say it, the team they remind me of is the 2014 Spurs. Okay. This yeah. even even more than last year. Because I know a lot of people <laughs> You didn't have just... to deal with the heartbreak of, of, of the Ray Allen corner shot. You won the title and you get the revenge season from the Spurs. You get it all in one. I mean, I mean, they did have the heartbreak of just Jamal being gone for two years, which is, I think, honestly, a little analogous here. But nonetheless, it's just a question of, is the team fully connected and everybody pulling in the same direction? And it's only three games. You're right that there are plot twists ahead. But right now, this whole team is pulling in the same direction in a way that no other team is. And that's the point you're getting at. You look at the Suns, you look at the uh, the Celtics, you look at any of the Bucks when they before they lost by 30 to Atlanta, and you go like, oh, there's a lot of talent there. But it's different than what Denver's doing. And that's why I look at all of these things. Everybody analyzes basketball on paper, and I look at it and go, throw out the paper, man. Tell me how they connect. Because in Denver, right now, they're perfectly connected 1 through 10. Grab it up for Locked On Nuggets for a Monday. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back tomorrow, post game show after the Utah game on the back to back. We'll see if the Nuggets decide to play everybody. If they decide to employ some rest strategies, we'll see how that shakes out and what the. Oh uh, yeah, they have games by the way. So today, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. This is one of the most compact weeks on the entire schedule in terms of ju- games just ask Michael Malone. He'll be happy to tell you how compact it is. <laughs> He's super annoyed. Um, we'll see what this looks like after tomorrow. And we'll be back with you all covers throughout the week here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us.